Login authorized. Accessing the mainframe. Welcome to the Tech Her Way podcast series, a captivating journey into the lives and accomplishments of extraordinary people within the tech realm. With your host, Merv Bingle from Anova Solutions, join her as we delve into their journeys, uncovering their stories, successes, and lessons they've learned along the way. Hello, everyone. I have the pleasure of introducing Celine today. Um, it's wonderful to have you here, Celine. Thank you. No worries. And I've been really looking forward to our interview together. So thank you very much for coming again. I would like to start by having a quick background to yourself and Fatifa. So if you'd like to just give us an insight, that would be great. Absolutely. So currently, I'm the head of people and operation at Fertifa. Fertifa is one of the largest productive health benefits provider in Europe. I've been working with executive teams in publicly listed companies for the first part of my career in financial services. After that, I joined a fintech called Smartest, where I was chief people officer, uh, which was mostly tech. So I'm excited to share some insights from my experience there. And um, yes, today I'm hoping to create uh, diverse and high-performing teams at Fertifa as well, which is why we're here. All right. Well, thanks very much. Um, so I know that it was a, pa a passion for you to empower women in tech throughout your career. Um, would you like to, first of all, give us an insight into how your involvement came about and what really motivates you to champion for women today as well? Yes. I mean, I guess as a woman myself, I've, I come from a of minority background uh, from an ethnic point of view and so i've always worked in male-dominated environments whether in finance or in tech and so i do know what it feels like to be the only woman in a room sometimes whether you know in a tech company a finance company or on a you know board meeting for example and so i've always been passionate in championing young women um, and helping them see opportunities up the ladder or at least even helping them find the confidence you know to go for things that may be available to them at this point in time i've been involved with many executive networks as well through Chief, which some of you may know that also help empower women, uh, women in tech, inclusive boards that help to uh, put women on the boards of companies. So it is and has always been a passion of mine. And mostly as well, a couple of years ago when I had my daughter, it kind of doubled my passion too to be able to do that. So I will continue to do so. Definitely. And I think it's a really important topic in terms of having that role model uh, within the companies when it comes to hiring more women and, you know, increasing the retention as well. And just kind of touching on that, what do you think are some of the kind of main challenges in encountering the women within the tech space today and bringing them up to those kind of leadership roles as well? Yeah, I mean, that's such a good question. I think the first challenge is getting the women into the companies. I think even executive teams who have the desire to have a more diverse uh, workforce from a gender point of view, that doesn't mean that it will translate into action. There's actually a lot of sweat and kind of proactiveness that has to happen behind the scenes, a willingness, uh, you know, resources, whether financial or time-based, that need to be put in to make sure that the women arrive in the workplace um, and are seen and are visible. So that already is a big piece of the puzzle. Once the women are in, it's very important to make sure that they're paid fairly, that they are aware of for example, any internal promotions that might be happening, which sometimes they're not told about, that they're treated equally and fairly, for example, when they go on maternity leave or when they come back. So there are actually 
different situations in the employee journey where we have opportunities to make sure that women are considered for these opportunities and many times are not. And so it is very important that from the top, the leadership is implementing these changes and, and has a bias to action when it comes to this and not just, you know, a desire to make things different. Definitely. And just kind of speaking of that as well, are there any influential women that comes into your mind that may have inspired you uh, throughout your career as well? I, I really smiled at that question. I, it's a very interesting question. Personally, I have not had that many women that inspired me. Unfortunately, it's really sad to say so when I was in the financial industry. I think it, when I was in the financial industry, it was not a women for women industry. I think women felt that if you were there, you were there to take their place. And so quite sadly, I had actually very negative experiences with women there. I think things changed over, you know, my 20 years career. And I can definitely say that in the last 10 years, there have been more women that I found inspirational. But I didn't want to give you an answer answer you know that is someone unattainable I actually think that women all around us are inspirational you know our peers any woman that works in tech or any woman that works you know just works I think can inspire you in some ways and so you know there are too many for me to name but I did want to stop and highlight um, my executive director at Fertifa Eileen Burbage who is a very impressive woman um, she's the CEO of the VC Passion Capital and the executive director now of Fertifa as I mentioned you know she has an MBE she works at Apple. Um, she worked at Skype. She was the special envoy for fintech uh, for the UK, as well as having, um, you know, five children. And so for me, she is the great example of, of an inspiration because, you know, she is trying to balance work life and, you know, personal life and, and doing so in a very, very positive way. Definitely. And I, you've touched on some of the uh, qualities there, but what, what do you think are some of the kind of key skills that are important for women to thrive in this tech industry? especially you touching upon the kind of differences between the 20 years ago to today as well. Do you reckon there are still some existing problems or anything that has changed? I feel like the skills to succeed for women are exactly the same as the skills to succeed for men. You know, you have to, in the case of, you know, if you work in engineering, you have to have very strong technical skills, whereas whether you're working algorithms or or data structures or you know whatever that is you know as the basis that's important but I, what I have found lacking throughout the last 10 years is really the confidence and it's not really the skills it's it's women don't believe that they can do something and there's a very anecdotal stat about this that you know when men look at a job description they only wait to match 60% of the description before applying whether women feel that they need to match 100% of the job description before they apply. And so that lack of confidence or that feeling that, you know, oh, they need to be kind of 100% the match is meaning that they're not going for opportunities that be right for them. So that's definitely something that people are more aware of and are doing better at. But I think in terms of skills, you know, collaboration is very important. Being strategic is very important. Being your authentic self is very important. And these are more soft skills, I would say. So I assume that women going into these roles are are technically capable. So I would just say to focus on the other skills that I just mentioned. Definitely. The, one of the main things that I wanted to discuss as well is to set some 
key qualities that would be leading a way into how we can get across into tackling with this inequality within the tech space. And from our conversations earlier, I know that you are currently doing amazingly well in regards to women inclusivity. And it's a quite interesting topic. And I think it would be worth mentioning in terms of mentioning, are there any strategies that you think would be effective in overcoming the inequalities within gender balance within the companies or do you reckon that it's the issue within the companies or is is it really dependent on the people who would be interested in the company what's your perspective on that yeah that's a very good question I mean, we are very lucky at Fertifa that, you know, in the reproductive health space, because a lot of it is around fertility, menopause, etc., there is a big incidence of women applying to these roles and wanting to apply. So, you know, we are a little bit different in the sense that we have a majority of women. Uh, where When I look at my previous experience, so the last eight years I, I spent at Smarkets, that was a very male-dominated environment initially. It's in a sports betting space. So again, a very male-dominated environment. And so it's, it's a much bigger piece of the puzzle, um, and much challenging piece of the puzzle to get women in. Now, we know that in tech, there's about 90% of, of women in tech. So, you know, it it is it has to be, again, proactive to be able to reach these 19% of women. And they might not be looking in the same places where, you know, the male applicants are looking. There's a few things that we did at Smarkets that were very helpful. Uh, one of them, which I talk about a lot, is transparent salaries. So that means that everybody's salary is transparent. Men and women know what they're being paid. I think sometimes people find that quite, well, frightening. And it might not be suitable for everyone. But if people aren't ready to go for transparent salaries, at least what they can go for is the clarity around banding as to people within the same level of experiences are so that they know that you know you're going to be within a certain limit of each other and that gives the confidence to know that you are paid um, compared to your male counterparts for example the second thing that is very important is you know creating an equal opportunity for internal mobility. So for example, there's a promotion going on internally, making sure that you're considering your female you know, your female employees as well as your male employees. That sounds very simple, but it doesn't happen all the time. You you sometimes have, you know, just an announcement that suddenly so-and-so male has is now the lead of, of so-and-so team. And a lot of the times the women in the team had not been considered for promotion. So that is another very easy point to make sure that, that this is happening. And then I think there's lots of other things that you can do around education, you know, partnering with, you know, for example, She Can Code or Geekats, you know, technical technical partnerships to make sure that you're getting that access, making sure that, you know, you're not biased in your interview training, creating mentoring, for example. Um, but I think, as I said initially, you know, this starts at the top and you really need to feel that this is important or the agenda and not a nice to have. Definitely. In terms of the qualities that you mentioned there as well, I think the attraction and the hiring process are very, very important in terms of getting the attention of those women in the process as well. And just as you've mentioned on those as well. Um, what advice would you have for the young women who are considering a career change into technology, but those that may be hesitant or unsure to get into the field as well at this time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
I would say get work experience. I mean, that's a good way to kind of get into a company, do a few days, you know, see what the culture is, see what it's like um, to work around tech people and developers. The second thing I would say, do some networking, you know, speak to people in your network. Oftentimes we have so many people in our networks that can be useful, but we don't realize because they might be a friend or they might be a university contact. Our networks are so, so rich. So dig into your network and find people who can give you more insight as to what it's like to be at the day in a day in the life of a specific company. Or, you know, you can join groups. Uh, you can join, you know, for example, I'm in women in fintech. You know, you can join meetups just to go and see what, what it's like. So there's very easy, low budget ways to, to consider that. And I would say, you know, not every company is the same. So you may not want to work in certain industries or you may want to work for a company that has fewer than 100 employees. You may want to work for a company that, you know, has achieved um, Series A or Series B. So, you know, think of what your criteria would be to make sure that this company would work for you, um, not just from like a salary perspective, but more from a lifestyle perspective. And then you're in the right direction. Definitely. And just to kind of wrap up as well, how do you see the landscape of women in technology evolving in the future? And what changes would you want to be seeing? Yes. I mean, I really hope that, you know, change is happening. I mean, COVID did set us back quite a bit, for example, in terms of the gender pay gap, in terms of, you know, research done by the Equality Trust, I think it's going to take more than 300 years now to reverse the gender pay gap, which is like a very long time. But, you know, the, the issue remains with the lack of visible female role model and the lack of representation. And I don't just mean in tech companies or at board level, but even in schools, you know, having, um, you know, female teachers that teach, you know, coding, you know, making making sure that we have more than only 34% of STEM grads that are women to be able, you know, to aid that, that increase. The issue remains, though, Merv, that our baby-making years are in direct conflict with our career, right? And so that's not going to change. If you're going to want to have a family, you're going to be in conflict with your career and what's happening on that side. And I think there's no right, you know, one answer to this, but I think finding a job where you can have flexible working, um, making sure that you understand what's important to you at different times in your career, having a supportive partner, you know, there's many ingredients to make sure that we can continue to thrive, but it's not going to be a one size fits all approach. And, you know, getting information, getting educated and, and figuring out what's right for you is probably the best way to see change. But I will end on, you know, we cannot do this without male allies. So, you know, male allies are extremely important. And, you know, I think sometimes it can go wrong. So there's a bit of a nuance around male allies. However, I do really feel and believe that to be successful and to be successful quicker, we need to have male allies. Definitely. And how, how do you reckon that they could contribute to lead these changes? Because I do think that it's a very important topic that you've touched on. Yeah, so women groups are increasingly now inviting men to attend, which I think is a really good thing in the hopes that the organizational diversity efforts are more successful. And it has been shown that there are studies by McKinsey that show that when men are deliberately engaged in gender inclusion, you know, the diversity programs are 96% more likely to show progress than 30% who are not where men are not included. So I think that's a very telling statistics. What I would say, though, is that 
it is uncomfortable. And I think men and women need to be okay with being uncomfortable to have these discussions and to understand, you know, what is needed to create um, those changes in the different organizations. And again, it won't be a one size fits all. It will be different for different companies. And we shouldn't, and this is where we talk about equality versus equity, right, as well. So we shouldn't just assume um, and copy paste, but having male allies part of the conversation is already a very important step. I strongly agree with you on that. I mean, uh, I really do believe that there should, we need to be seeing more of the male allies and having their views on how we can lead this change as well. So thank you so much for adding your opinions on that as well. It's been great to have you here. Um, and I really would like to thank you for joining me today and also for supporting other women within the fintech and the tech space as well thank you so much yes thank you it's been an absolute pleasure and yeah i can't wait to have our next chat soon thank you thank you for joining us on this empowering episode of tech her way we hope you found inspiration in the stories we've shared today stay tuned for more episodes at spotify or www.innovasolutions.com forward slash podcast. Data transfer complete.